trim healthy, mama. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But I, the the ladies' conference is the largest gathering that we have in our district. No, you can see the crowd. Uh, it's bigger than district conference. Uh, now, when we had gather, which we don't have that now, uh, it probably it was it probably outnumbered the ladies' conference. Uh, but the ladies draw in more attendance than any other uh, meeting that we have. And so that is a good thing. And, of course, I'm with Sister Melissa. Uh, some of you, some about 600 people or so, about 600. And, and we're, a, we're a very small district. I mean, we've got big, huge districts across the country, but this is a, just a little district here. It shouldn't be, but it is. And, uh, you know, we just feel like that next year this church can be represented. I mean, all of you ladies that did go, great-looking number there, but you could triple that pretty easy. Uh, it's close. Annapolis is not very far. Start planning on it now. Uh, and I will say this. I do sit on the district board. I don't know for how long, but um, there's a lot of times because we kind of we kind of make a joke about it, a, a, a nice joke to Bishop because there's always a need, financial needs, uh, different departments. I remember the Sunday school department was about to go under. We personally gave, but but we can always look over at Sister Wright and we look at Brother, uh, you know, Bishop Wright, and, and uh, you know, we know that the ladies have money. A crowd like that does bring it, and we're like, well, let's get it from the ladies' department. And, of course, they're always, they make a big fun joke out of it, like, hey, you get my money. You know, we, but, but it is so blessed in so many different ways. It's blessed the district. It's blessed people. And so that's part of what Sister Melissa is a part of. And so when she leaves here and goes down there for those uh, committee meetings, there's some, there's some blessings that take place as a result of that. And she has my blessing. Hallelujah. Great to see you. And y'all took a lot of my time today shouting. <laughs> but I'm going to take it back. Hallelujah. I don't care if you are hungry. You could stand to miss a meal or be late on a meal or something. Hallelujah. Brother Ruck, thank you for obeying the Lord and others who obeyed the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Good opportunity to, to try the Spirit. I, I'm not going to be critical of you when you start trying your wings spiritually. As long as I'm the bishop here, uh, I remember how shaky and how scared I was and nervous. I felt like God was giving me a word. And I'm saying, who am I among all these elders? And I'm scared to do this. In fact, I was so scared I wouldn't do it and didn't do it until God just kept beating me over the head and pushing me and pressuring me. And uh, <clears throat> so let's give each one an opportunity. Amen. And don't worry, I'll regulate it. If you say the wrong thing and bad things, I'll try not to rebuke you too harsh. Amen. I'll just kind of, you know, because it can, when you, you're stepping out by faith when you open up a service like this. So you don't know who's going to say what. All right, we did this by faith, but y'all did good. Thank y'all. <laughs> Hallelujah. The book of Joshua, chapter 24 and 15, Brother Green got all over my message today. Amen. Numerous times. Church, I feel, I feel progress. And I come against carnality, human reasoning, fear, doubt, 
pessimist spirit. Amen. I feel progress in the house and individuals. I feel collective progress. God's trying his best to work through us and get the job done. Amen. Joshua 24 and 15. If you don't have your Bibles, look up on the screen. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in which land you dwelt. But as for me and my house, I love this proclamation in the last part of that verse. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, it's going to come right down to that uh, sometime at some point in your life. Amen. I want to preach about the responsibility and opportunity of a choice. The responsibility and opportunity of a choice. Put your Bibles down or your electronic devices. Let's clap our hands one more time to the Lord. God bless you. you may be seated. Thank all of you for obeying the Lord. Thank you for worshiping God. Thank you for submitting to the Spirit. Push the flesh aside. Amen. Get in the aisle. Come to the altar. If you're on the back row, I hope you got your blessing, your prayer answered. Amen. It can happen anywhere, anytime. Amen. So we have to make choices. We all have to make decisions. It's hard for some people to make a decision. Harder for some than others. Yet, sooner or later, we are pressured or forced into having to make certain decisions. Some feel that it would have actually been better. I've actually talked to people. They felt like it would have been better. They thought it was unfair that God didn't just program mankind in the beginning just to do the right thing automatically. Every time you come to the crossroads, you make sure, or he would have you programmed to the point where he made sure you did the right thing, took the right road. Hallelujah. Amen. It, it, that, that seems like that might have been a pretty good idea. Hallelujah. If our creator would have programmed us, all of us, to always make right choices. Listen, mistakes and failures could be totally eliminated if God had done it that way. There would be no failure, no wrong turns, no sins. Wow. Amen. The, the fires of hell could be put out, extinguished. Amen. And then man could always please God, and we wouldn't have to worry about the judgments of God, or we wouldn't have to worry about reaping the harvest of living like the devil. You know, you, you, it, there's, there's more reasons than one that we preach and teach and try to reach people. Listen, first off, there's a heaven and a hell. We don't, none of us want, I don't want any of you to go there, all right? Amen. But neither do I want you to go through hell here on this earth. There's people who don't get the separation. They think, oh, the church just wants us to be soldiers. The church just wants us to dress right and do Pentecostal calisthenics. And do no, no, that's not what it's about. It's not about us. It's about keeping you separated from the world because there is a harvest 
that we reap as a result of doing the things of the world. People just mess around, fool around, marry, giving it. You know, Jesus promised that. He talked about it. They'll be marrying, giving it. And now people don't even get married. They just shack up and justify it. Just live with this one, live with You know, it's okay. It's not okay. There is a harvest that we don't want to reap that's coming from that kind of a lifestyle. Can I get an amen out here, all right? Hallelujah. So, so, but if God would have just programmed, we wouldn't have to make a decision. I wouldn't have to decide what's right or listen. We know what's right and wrong. We just need the guts. Maybe let me change that. We just need the intestinal fortitude. Amen. To say, I am not living like that. I'm not going to do that. I'm a Christian. As for me and my house, we are going to live for God. Hallelujah. Let me talk to us about this a little bit. Listen, this programming thing. That, that listen, I, listen, I talked to a person that was just angry at God because he just, you know, judged us about certain things. And he made a hell. You know what hell's for? Listen, God sends nobody to hell. We send ourselves there by the choices we make. Hell is made, it was created for the, the devil and his angels. It's also the place that God allows people to go that don't want to be around God and don't want to be around God's people. Talk about it. Invite people to church. No, I, literally people are over. I don't want to go. You don't want to be around God's people? Well, God's got a place prepared for you. We say it all about it. No, I don't want to go there. I don't want the preacher telling me what to do and how to live. No, we're trying to we're trying to keep you saved. We're trying to get you to, make, to the place where you will make right choices and right decisions and not go. But but people continue. God won't force you. This is what makes us different from a cult. We don't make you do anything. We just preach the truth to you, and we do it over and over where you will make a right decision, or at least you'll be more apt to. Hallelujah. But, but, but this programming business, it sounds good in theory. But, but, but there's a very good reason that God made us free moral agents with the ability to choose. God would get no glory. Think about it with me just a minute. Amen. He would get no glory if we were just machines pre-programmed to worship him. In other words, that's just what we do. You don't think about it. You're just, you, you know, listen, mechanical praise, it, 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 you know, it's not motivated by love. Remember, God is love. He knows all about that, agape love, which he means he loves us whether we do right or not. He loves us when we're down. He loves us when we're up. It's not motivated by, you know, by performance. See, we, you know, I, I just, little clip about Joe Flacco. The guy said, you know, they're talking about getting rid of Joe Flacco. You know what? He's in a little dry season right now. Little dry, little, little, little you, know, he, you know, that's how it works if you win that kind of business. As long as you're throwing, you know, passes that are good and right, amen, then you, you get the big money and you get all the praise. You just mess up a little bit. And after a while, you're out of there. And if they lose enough games, then the coach is out too. But with God, it's a different kind of love. It's agape love. You keep falling flat on your face. You keep messing up. Amen. God just loves you. And you know, he loves us like sons and daughters. 
I got two daughters that are backslid, been backslid. Their brain is somewhere out there. Brother Solomon, I love those girls so much. In fact, I bring them to Jesus every day in my arms of love and say, oh, God, wake them up. I'm not letting them be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bother you, God, every day that I live. I'm going to bring them right before you. Hallelujah. I'm not I'm going to be like Cornelius. My prayers are going to come up as a memorial before God. I'm not letting them be lost. He and he loves them. And he loves me enough not to let them be lost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So mechanical praise, programmed praise. Amen. Once in a while I hear of a lunatic who kidnaps a woman. Amen. Puts her in his basement. Amen. Or locks her away somewhere. You read about it. You know, you, you know and with some kind of twisted thinking, he thinks that she's going to fall in love with him at some point. Listen to me. It ain't going to happen. She knows he's an idiot. She knows he's got a loose screw up there somewhere or two or three. It won't happen. You don't force that. That's why you call it love. Amen. You just, people do it because they want to do it. I thought about it when I was, when I was writing this. I thought about it. I thought, you know what? I'm so glad that when I proposed to my wife, amen, and in 1970, amen, she, she walked down the aisle with me. My daddy married us and and pronounced us husband and wife, and, and we got in that old, she willingly climbed in that old 66 Impala. It wasn't old then. It was about four years old. I look back on that old 66 blue Impala, and when they, they, they jacked it up, amen, while we were in the house getting married, and they cut one of these big old watermelons, big old green water, big one, dark green, and they just cut it in half, and I had big old wide tires on it, and they, they jacked it up, and then they set it back down, the back, both back wheels in that, it was watermelon halves. Man, we jumped in that car. Man, whoo, man, and that, it was under the carport. We sprayed watermelon seed all over people and all over. Whoo, whoo. You know, I had to rock it a couple times, you know. Amen. To get out of there. Amen. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm just thrilled. See, it would have been horrible if I said, you're going to marry me whether you like it or not. And you're going to love me whether you like it or not or you're going to be lost. No, she willingly climbed in there beside me. Amen. We took out of there. Went to Natchez, Mississippi. She still has a receipt for the hotel room, Prentice Hotel. It cost $12. Was it $12? $12 that night in the hotel. You, you, can't, you don't want to stay in a place you cost $12 nowadays. You know, you get like 12 bucks. No, no, no. Hey, I'll pay more. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, this is a volunteer army that God called us into. That's, that's the pledge. The Bible said God took pleasure in making man. So when, when you put those hands up and you begin to love the Lord, you do it because you want to. When you shout, Hallelujah. With joy. 
Amen. You do that not because somebody said you're going to be lost and you're going to, if you're going to work in this church and work under me and it's what you're going to do and it's how you go. No, no, no. That, that, that's a cult. All right? That's the wrong way to go. But when the atmosphere is formed because somebody prayed the prayer of faith and they played the right music on key and sung the right song to the Lord. Amen. And we just said there was an atmosphere of God, I just want to love you. And you just do it spontaneously. That's what God is looking for. Not some kind of programmed, you know, just run of the mill. I'm going to do this because I have to. Hallelujah. When God gives a person a chance to choose, he gives that person an opportunity to love. For all of mankind, the origin of making a decision began, as you know, in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were given a choice, amen, making those choices, whether or not to obey God. Eat of any tree, any the fruit of any tree in this garden, I don't know how many different fruits, but it was a lot of fruit trees there. All of that, you can just have that, but the tree of knowledge and good and evil, don't touch, don't go there, all right? Don't eat of that tree. It's amazing. They went right to the one thing they wasn't supposed to do. Right to the one, isn't that part of our nature? Part of our nature? Amen. Just something in us. We want to rebel. We want to just do this anyway, all right? Hallelujah. Amen. The, the choices that we make give us opportunity and consequences. And, of course, Adam and Eve made the wrong choice. And, of course, we suffer. We all suffer the consequences. Hand that right down to us. Amen. This opportunity to choose dignifies us. That's how I like to look at it, just so we understand this. Amen. In other words, it lifts us above the level of machines and animals. Like, I'm choosing to do this. I love that old song. I choose to be a Christian. I choose to be like him. Nobody's making me do it. This is how I want to live. This is the best thing I ever come across. Listen, I already, I, I, I've been in that atmosphere of people cussing, doing everything else that the world does. Amen. That's why it should be some kind of a change takes place. Listen, let me, I can't help squeeze this in. It's not in my notes. I can't. I mentioned football a while ago. You know, we just, we just change a little and leave a little out and ignore a little of the Scripture. And after a while, that's little stuff. But, you know, you notice the, you know, the football players right now. You know, they got, you'll see one running down the field and big, long hair hanging out the back. Big locks of hair. You know, and I, it's, I'm, I'm being picky and I'm splitting hairs here. <laughs> no pun intended. All right. But see, I'm a, I'm a Bible person. I've been reading the Bible for a lot of years. The Bible says it doesn't even nature itself teach you. It's a shame for a man to have long hair. Just kind of throw this. Some of y'all don't come to midweek, so I have to just throw a little out here on Sunday for you. Maybe you don't know that. It's a shame, Paul said. Don't you even know that? But now it's glorified, all right? Oh, look at him. Just long dreadlocks, long hair bushed out. I think, man, that would be a great handle to get a hold if I was on defense. Man, let me just. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a nice handle you left me right out here for me to get a hold of. Hallelujah. When Paul was talking about the head covering, he just threw that in. Amen. 
Listen, I know a hat ain't got nothing to do with a head covering, nothing to do with it as far as I'm concerned. But, Brother Green, just old-fashioned, when I step in there, if there ain't a soul in here, Brother Rupp, I just take my hat off. You respect the house of God, even though it has nothing biblically or scripturally, at least for a man to wear a hat. Amen. You know, man's out to pray covered. You don't cover your head, which it means you don't wear long hair. You don't go with your hair uncut. But a woman's hair... If you're looking for a covering, some of y'all might not quite understand this. I mean, some people wear, you can wear a second covering if you want. That's okay if you want to be saved. But according to Scripture, it says it right there in the Scripture. The woman's hair is given her for the covering. It's all about that hair. Uncut hair is the covering. I understand some people's, some people's hair don't grow, all right? Some people's hair don't grow very long. It's not long. But uncut hair, all right? Amen. If it's uncut, it's long to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And we can study that later and talk about it. Not making a big deal. I'm just saying, you know, just little things. You see, nobody pays any attention to it. Probably good guys out there running that football with a big bushy long hair. Down. Somebody didn't tell them. Some preacher didn't say, hey, son, get a haircut. <laughs> Why? Because it's a shame, don't nature itself? There's a difference in the sexes, folks. There's a difference there, and we need to understand that. Today, there's, you know, there's just, you know, unisex everything. No, no, not with us. That's why I don't care about the same-sex bathrooms. Like the guy said, hey, if my daughter or my granddaughter goes in there, you, you're welcome to go in there. But if my granddaughter goes and I see some weirdo coming there, you're in trouble. Because I ain't going to like that. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Anybody ought to have enough sense, amen, that the men ought to have one or the boys and the ladies and girls have one. That's just the way it is. That's just common sense. Where, where, where did we just leave common sense? All right? Amen. Just threw that in. I won't charge anything extra for that. Amen. Just free of charge. Okay? Somebody said amen. amen. Hallelujah. Moses sent the 12 spies into the promised land. He said, you go in and look the land and the people over. Return and tell us about this land of milk and honey. And Listen, decisions are to be made. Right or wrong, these, these decisions are based on perspective. And perspective is predicated on a, a lot of things, all right? Character, value. And I just threw age in there. I, I guarantee you, I love these guys right here on the front row. But any subject that you want to bring up, any issue you want to bring up, any one of them, and I love them dearly, amen, but they're, their perspective on that issue would be much different from a guy who was born in 1949. I remember, I'm on one of them today. I remember my grandfather when I was just a boy. My grandfather, I was close to him. I wanted to hear those old stories, and I could tell you bunches of stories. Sister Donna, that you've never even heard, even, and maybe I'll tell them sometime. Well, here's one of them right here. <laughs> in our little old one-horse town, amen, it was a, a a bar. They didn't call it a bar then. They called it a saloon. And they didn't have cars in those days. He told me about the first car that he saw drive into our town. Scared all the horses and all the wildlife went nuts when that thing come popping and buzzing in there. Hey, but he told me that he, Brother Ruck, that he, he it was a, in that saloon there was a fight broke out. And, and, and so he, one guy knocked the other guy out and punched him out and, and, but the guy was coming to or coming around, and he was a scrapper. And he, we stood right at the place. And he said, right there where it happened, 
and that guy came right out of here and jumped on his horse, and uh, like the cowboys, and it said, man, he went, he laid down on that horse, and he was that horse was getting with it, going down that road. And he said that little slight curve down there in the street down there. He said and that guy came out of that that uh, saloon, and he was shooting away, and he's firing at that guy. He said and the guy, he didn't hit him miraculously, but the guy, he said he went around that little curve, that little bend, just a galloping on. Amen. Hallelujah. Stories. You know what? That would make a person's perspective or perspective be quite a bit different from most folks. We have to take into consideration everybody sees things a little different. That's okay. All right? This is what happened with the spies. I don't know the age limit. I don't know exactly who they were, what their background was, their educational level, their their morals, how they felt about that, but they all went in. It was 12 of them. But 10 of those guys, they saw the, listen, they saw the same, all of them saw the same, all 12 of them saw the same giants. They saw the same cities. Y'all hear me right now. They saw the same cities with walls, but 10 of those guys, they saw the giants a lot bigger and the walls a lot higher than Joshua and Caleb saw them. You know what they were doing when they got back in? They said they'd all noticed they'd all seen the same thing, but they said, no, we can't take that city. God had already promised it to them. Hallelujah. Already pro- it was, that's why it was called the promised land. Hallelujah. And they said, you know, we cannot. And Joshua and Caleb said, yes, we can. <laughs> Do you know the Bible tells us in that little passage of Scripture, the Bible says those people talked about or they picked up stones they said we're going to stone these guys for preaching the truth for standing on the promises of God amen why did the crowd side with the pessimist they'll do it every time let me tell you why it's easier to to accept the natural than to believe in the supernatural you always have to step out a little bit to accept what God promises you amen carnal mind just can't do it just won't do it you can't amen this is what was happening but the bible says you know well Caleb and and Joshua they had they had what we call a a yes we can attitude amen I love I love that that kind of an attitude yeah we can do this we'll figure out some way to do it but numbers 13 and 30 and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Joshua and Caleb, in spite of the giants and the walled cities, said, let's go up at once. Hallelujah. Amen. They refused to let the negative things that they saw loosen their hold on the promises of God. God, listen, ladies and gentlemen, God promised every one of us some things. Amen. That's why we need to get a hand on it, get a grip on it. Amen. And no matter what the flesh says, no matter what the devil says, this belongs to me. I'm not letting it go. We are well able. Let's possess this land. Hallelujah. Wrong choices. Israel made a wrong choice. Israel wandered in the wilderness. You know, they, they went they went 40 years. There was a, a year for every day that the spies were over in the promised land. They went over 40 days just like Moses told them to. And when they came back with the negative report, in fact, the Bible called it an evil 
report. That's how God feels about people who doubt him. Evil. You just, you know, God's, the last thing God's going to do is lie to you. He cannot do that. Hallelujah. So they wandered 40 years, amen, in the wilderness. In a way, we wander in our own private wilderness when we reject God's plan for our lives. I mean, this is not a small thing, folks. Listen, this is not like changing your dentist appointment or your hair appointment. I know we make changes and we make this every this is not one of those decisions. Amen. This this is this is a serious serious amen matter here. Hallelujah. But Israel suffered the results of a wrong choice. Amen. And when we make wrong choices, we suffer also. Talked about it earlier. That's called the, the law of the harvest. Being the seed of Abraham, they could have entered the promised land from Kadesh Barnea and, and saved 38 years of suffering and confusion. Numbers 13 and 31, God said, it's yours to possess. Amen. But, but their doubt said, we be not able. We can't do this. Th- listen, folks, think about it a moment. They were mere steps away from the promised land. I mean, they were right there, ready to go in, but they're down. I wonder how many times people walk in this church or any church and they feel God's calling. It's time to make a decision. Amen. But but somehow, I mean, they are right on the brink, but because they make a wrong decision. I want to talk to us about that a little bit. Amen. But 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 we express our lack of faith in God when we choose the wilderness over the land of milk and honey. Again, Brother Green, our actions prove what we put first and who we really believe in. And so this is what they were doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Israel was focusing on the size of their enemy rather, amen, than the size of their God. That's how you have to do this thing. Numbers 13 and 33 contains the key, I believe, to to their doubt and their fear and their negativism. Here's what they said. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. When we look at some situations, we're like, we are not capable of doing this. They are bigger than us. They outnumber us. Uh, You know, we just, you know, it's just like the guy. Listen, you can be intimidated. I remember a guy, the Holy Ghost helps you with this. I remember a guy says, oh, so you think everybody's supposed to receive the Holy Ghost? I said, yes, I do. And that's the way I said it. I said, so you think a person is saved by accepting Christ as their personal Savior? He said, well, you, yeah. I said, really? That's how you do that. But there is the temptation of like, well, you know, well, I don't know, maybe. No, 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 no. Not only receive the Holy Ghost, but speak in tongues. Jesus says these signs shall follow before it ever even came, before the Holy Ghost was ever even given. These signs shall follow. Didn't say it might, maybe so. No, no. They shall follow. Amen. And he talked about speaking in tongues, casting out devils, taking up serpents. These are the things are going to, yes, I believe a person should speak in tongues and will speak in tongues. It's not the Holy Ghost, but it is the evidence. It is the sign. We don't need to back down on that. But that's what the world does, and they preach that to you like, oh, well, maybe. Oh, you go to church? What church? Well, I go, oh, that's wonderful. Maybe it's not wonderful. <laughs> but see, that's the proper, that's the political answer, you know, the correct answer. To do. But, but we're not politically correct. We don't even intend to be, all right? 
And so, uh, hallelujah. But I feel like I'm preaching to someone who is thinking, I'm just one person. What good can one person? You know what you need to do? You need to read the story of Esther. Her people were about to be destroyed through a conspiracy brought about by a wicked man named Haman who hated the Jews. You know the story. If you don't, read it. Amen. Esther was the queen who had the courage to go before the king without an invitation and make requests for the lives of her people. Esther, you can't go before the king without his request. According to the laws of the Medes and the Persians, amen, one could be killed on the spot. It's true. Listen, I love Esther's famous answer to that loser advice. You can't do that. Oh, you know what she said? If I perish, I perish. But I'm going in. That's, how, that's, the, that's the attitude we're going to have to take. If I go down, I'll go down. If I go under, I'll go under. If I die, I'll just die. But guess what? This is what I'm doing. I am going to live for God. That's what Joshua and Caleb were saying. We're going in. Let's go in. Amen. Let's do it at once. But, but, but you know what? To be honest, we're all kind of collective here together. We're kind of in the flow like, oh, yeah, yeah. But when you get all by yourself, you're going to start seeing those things. Oh, my husband don't live for God. Or, you know, my best friend doesn't live. You know, listen, you're going to have to get a hold of this thing and say, you know what? I, I, I'm going to build something else for us. I'm, I promise you I'm not going to preach too long, but I just feel like something God gave me that's very, very important, going to be some incentive for some of us here. might help us just a little bit. I'm trying to get to you. You're trying to scare me? Yeah, if that'll help, I'll try that. Amen. Amen. But, but if I perish, I perish. I want to help you with dealing with those things. Amen. You know, the Bible tells us that the children suffered. Because of a decision. I'm, I'm, I'm getting where we live right now. I heard a little girl. Sometimes I go out to the mall and I walk, and I heard a little girl crying. And I had to get a double take. You know, nobody was beating on her or something. She just a little spoiled. But, but I heard that little cry. Oh, little girl. My heart just went. I said, you know, i got to get out of here, you know, because it's just stirring. My children do that to us, and it should. They're the innocents. We have power over them. We're stronger than they are. We're bigger than they are. We can do whatever we want with them. That's why that people need to be put under the jail or just, just go ahead and take them out back and shoot them that harm little innocent children. Hallelujah. But the children suffered. Amen. The children had done no wrong, but they too were denied entrance into the promised land because of the unbelief. Listen to me close. Some of y'all ain't listening to me. The children suffered because the unbelief of the parents. Oh, wait a minute. Everybody's got that. No, 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 it's not about just you. No, it's not. According to the scripture, children suffer for the sins of their parents. It seems to be more apparent in our day and culture than probably any other time. Maybe it hadn't, but it seems to me. Amen. But we have proof that harmful substances taken by the expected, not, not just physical stuff, but if we're just doing stuff out in the world, you're not helping your kids. 
and God did call us to be witnesses. And I listen, you're looking at a guy never, ever claimed to be perfect or even near perfect. I'm just simply saying just normal stuff. My wife, I've heard her say it before, and I used to travel a lot more than I do now. And somebody asked her, you don't worry about it. I, was, I had hair back then. I was a lot better looking and younger, and, and, and I'm a man. And somebody said, you're not worried about your husband? And she said, nope, not worried about him. You know why? Because I never have messed around with anybody else. Year after year after year, I've been pretty dumb in a lot of things. But somehow or other, right off the bat, I'm thinking, you can't do that. It's called adultery. That's what it's called. So I can't be messing around. I can't. So I just had to make a decision. I'm not doing that. So whether I got on a plane, whether it was a pretty lady sitting by me, or whether I was in a hotel somewhere, or what, you know, just there's opportunities out there. I just never took the bait. I'm not, I'm not giving myself glory. I'm just trying to tell somebody that's one of those things. That's so uh, The world even knows better than that. You can get kicked off of ABC and CBS News if you start messing around with people who are not your wife or your husband. If the world knows better, how much more so should people who are Christians, a part of church, amen, amen, who name the name of Jesus... Go messing. I'm meddling. I know that I am. I'm just trying to help somebody, amen, to stay out of trouble and have a little bit more authority over people that you're, listen, we can't be kids if we got kids. And you can't be buddies with your kids. You got to be the daddy and you got to be the mama. I could preach a long time about that, but I'll quit, I'll quit meddling. Amen. But I'm not taking any of that back. We ought to be witnesses and be good witnesses. Hallelujah. Paul said fornication. He told the Corinthian church, I believe it was, fornication should not be named once among you. Not one time. But children born to alcoholic parents are much more susceptible to alcoholism than children born to non-alcoholic parents. Many children would live for God. Listen to me closely. Many kids would live for God if their parents would serve God. That's, that, that's the bottom line. That's what I'm talking about. Children are very impressionable, much more easily persuaded and taught than adults. Amen. They have, an, they have an innocence about them. I mean, a ready faith for Scripture. Yet they are in a position to remain sinners because of the parents' poor example. Parents, let me just squeeze something else in. I'm trying to get to a close here. Let's not allow sports and sports heroes and rock stars Many of them are drug addicts and laugh about it and sing about it and rap about it. Don't let that become the focus of your children. Listen, believe me, they've got their problems too. Amen. Let's persuade our children, amen, by the life that we live to look to Jesus because he is the only hero. Amen. He's the only real hero. I'm talking about good teaching and good training. Let me get to some let me get to some incentive here 
amen, to the parent. A little more incentive. According to 1 Corinthians 7, chapter and the 14th verse, the children can be sanctified even if only one parent is a believer. I know that's a little vague kind of a scripture here, but Paul wrote, elsewhere your children unclean, but now they are holy. In other words, they're, they're you know, set apart. If a child has at least one parent, did you, did you get that, that attends church, he'll be in a position at least, this is just my take on it, to receive a certain amount of righteous exposure or example. Amen. He's more apt, he or she is more apt to come into the church, be a part of the church, than the, those that have neither parent in the church. So, so, so let's make a right decision here for, for ourselves and for our children. But see, again, I'm going to drive that nail home. You're not all by yourself, all right? There is power in a choice, folks, especially in the right choice. I, I really don't think most of us can comprehend the magnitude of a simple choice. Somebody said it like this. Amen. They said, men die, women cry, children are born, and nations go to war as a result of choices made. Important and faithful choices, but they pale in comparison to the choice that determines our eternal destiny. Amen. In 1939, Germany decided to go invade Poland, and World War II ensued. In 1941, Japan decided to to bomb Pearl Harbor, and as an eventual result, the first atomic bomb was detonated over Hiroshima, Japan, on August 6, 1945. And history is complete. It goes on and on with such stories of decisions that caused the destruction and death of cities, countries, and people. Yet no historical decision even comes close to the value and the magnitude of a personal decision to live for God or not to live for God. Cities and countries, folks, they come and go. Amen. Civilizations rise and fall. They flourish. They disappear. But the soul of a person faces life somewhere after this life, after death. Amen. Amen. You, you, you're once appointed to die, and after that, the judgment. That's what the Scripture says. We're going to face God. And the Bible says we're going to be judged according to the deeds done in this life. I don't know about you, amen, and I'm certainly not glorifying being uh, flawed and, and having human problems. That's not it at all. But we make our trips to this altar and we get on our knees before the Lord and we lift our hands and we, and we, to the Lord and we surrender to him. What are you doing? I'm trying to get these carnal sins under the blood. Amen, because everything that I don't repent of, everything that I don't get victory over, amen, at least to an extent of repentance, amen, then I'm going to have to face that. And we'll be judged according to those deeds. That's why I'm not going to walk around sulking all the time. You ever been around moody people? I'm like, you just need to report, just go to the altar and pray through over that. You don't know how they're going to respond. One day they're going to be smiling. Next day they're going to be just like sulking. You don't know if they're going to bite your head off or kiss you. You don't know. They just up and down. I talked about it last. We've got to get off of this Pentecostal roller coaster. You know, we're up one day if the preacher preaches right, if they sing our song. If they don't, we're down in the bottom. We've got to get off of that up and down. The world deserves a better witness than that. 
They need to look at you, neighbors and friends and children. They need to listen, my mama lives for God. <laughs> That's what she does. I tell the story. Chad was real athletic. He could knock the ball out of the park when he was just a little little league age. How old was that? Eight or nine years, something like that. I mean, he was like he was good. He could run fast before he got fat. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Listen, I'm not against I'm not against your sports. I'm not against four little sports. Yeah, before he got fat. That's before I got bald headed. Before he got what? Before he got Nintendo. That's when he started gaining weight, sitting around, eating and playing Nintendo. Listen, if you play sports, I, I, I'm gonna get but here's what'll happen about ninety nine percent of the time. It'll get ahead of God. You can't, you can't help it. It'll get a hold of you, and you'll be at a game when church is going on. You, you'll be practicing on Wednesday night. Friday night, Friday night, no you, be at a ball game. I know, you got a certain amount. You, you just, listen, you talk, about, you talk about the world squeezing us into its mold. Bible talks about us coming out of the world. I'm on to some of y'all's street right now. I know that. I've been doing that intentionally. All right? Listen, I'm not here to just clothesline, preach, and pick it and make you miserable. Some people think that's what my, who he thinks his job is just to make us miserable. <laughs> no, that's not it. I'm trying to get you loose from some of the addictions of the world. It's not just drugs and alcohol. It's all kinds of things. You get addicted to some folks. Some of y'all right now, you can't wait. When I get back home, you know, when, when the football team, when's the, when's the game start today? See, already. I wouldn't mind saying I hope they win for once, you know. You, you better get a hold of that because after a while, you'll be buying all kinds of stuff. I believe people probably go to the, to the games and there's no telling how much money they spend. Way more than what they give in offerings to God, I promise you that. And by the way, I've said this for years. By the way, I ain't seen none of them checks coming from any of those players down there to this church. I wish they would. <laughs> We'd cash those right along. I'm just telling you, sports, and when, when, when Brother Chad was just a little fella, the coach wanted him on the team, and I said, you know what? Chad goes to church. He goes to church on Sunday morning, and some of y'all need to hear this. And in those days, we were going Sunday night, and we have Wednesday, and we still have Wednesday night, and we have prayer. Some of y'all wonder how that spirit's coming in here, and it's just a, just a, we get cranked off, but the Bryant just gets started up here, and it's people coming. You know where that's coming from? Thursday night prayer. I'm gonna have to just put a shot in on that, y'all. Thursday night prayer when there's only a handful of folks here. Amen. No music going, no preaching going. Amen. And folks are here praying and asking God to put his hand and put his anointing and bring his attention to this church and help our people. Amen. Stir them, move them. But some, some of us are too busy. We're too busy. All right. I, listen, I'm the guy that when people come, I got school. I mean, listen, if you better yourself, I'm, I'm meddling again. Listen, we're going to give you everybody you need to. I'm going to give you time off. I'm not going to judge you about that. But but if that's just permanent, if you're just going to be going to school from now on on Wednesday nights and Thursday nights or whatever night we have, then, then you, need to, you need to change schools or do something. Amen. Is that all right? I'm going to give you all a little, bra little breather here in a minute. Those things will get a chokehold on you 
Amen. And your religion will be the sport or it will be the school or it will be this or that. Amen. You need to put God number one. Amen. Center of your life. Amen. The centerpiece of everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our choice, hallelujah, is important. Let's stand. Let me get somebody up here. Hey, and let's don't have no elevator music up here, all right? Come on, let's, let's, we're going to shout about the choices that we've made, amen, and that we're making maybe even right now. I'm telling somebody you can do this, amen. You will not be a failure, hallelujah, hallelujah. In closing, I read a little book a few years back entitled The Little Book of Yes. I was in an airport. It's just sitting on my shelf. I just saw it the other day, and I just pulled it out and just opened it up. You know how you do? And there was something that caught my attention. Amen. A guy named Jeffrey Gittimer. And here's what he said. He said, the more you blame others, and already we're talking about these decisions, already somebody says, well, you know, I would, I would just make a proclamation, but I got this person in my life and that in my life and something else, you know. But the more we blame others, the less chance you have to think positive thoughts, see a positive solution, and take positive action toward a solution. What are you saying? I'm saying you have to take ownership. It has to belong to you, the issue, the situation, the problem, the wall. Hallelujah. It's kind of like the ten spies. We can't take the land because of giants and walls. See, that's how it relates to us. You know? It's more natural, he said, to blame and defend than it is to admit and take responsibility. None of us want to do it because it's your fault. (laughs) I'd have preached better if y'all had just got with me a little better. No, 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 no. I'd have preached better if I'd have been smarter, studied more, prayed more. That's how that works. Not your fault. But I close with this. <laughs> Put your seatbelt on. But Jeffrey Gitmer says, he said, it ain't the rain, the snow, the boss, the competition, the spouse, the money, the car, the job, or the kids. He said, it's you. And it all and he ends with a little thing, and it always has been you. <laughs> and I'll add something else to that. And it always will be you. <laughs> when we get that little simple thing down right and say, you know what, that's right. Rain can't stop me from serving the God. Snow can't stop me. You can't stop me. You can't stop me. The devil can't stop me. I'm gonna put my foot down. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. Hallelujah. Because we're going in to the promised land. Why are we doing that? Because it's promised. That's what we're, we are standing on the word that is forever. It it wasn't just anybody's promise. It was a promise from God. We talked about healing. You know that God said that we are healed by his stripes? Past tense. It's already done. Healed already. And so you can choose to claim that or not choose that. You say, oh, that's, that's one of those choices. 
You can choose to serve God or self. That's a choice. Hallelujah. You know, Brother Jerry Klein reminds me of myself so much. That's just crazy to the world. Just open yourself up and say, whatever you say, you just tell me what to do and I'll just do that. Why would I, why would I put a guy up here and gather people around me that don't trust me and are kind of looking out of one eye, always expecting me to mess up, doubting me? Why, why would I do that? Why would I not bring people? You know, David, I made a study of David many years ago. You know what David, why David was great? Listen, David's got a lot of mistakes. It's recorded. But the reason he was so great is because he surrounded himself by great people who trusted him, believed in him, helped him up when he was down, encouraged him. That's the key, folks. One guy wanted the microphone. I said, why would I give you the microphone? I said, you made sure nobody likes you around here. I said, if I keep handing you the mic, then they won't like me for giving you the mic because they don't like you. <laughs> it's nothing, you know, you know, nothing spooky about that or spiritual. It's just common sense. Brother Jerry just opens himself up like, you just tell me. And I did call. I called him. There was somebody needed their living room couch moved out of the end and all kind of work. That's one of those, y'all know those 10-minute jobs? Takes half a day. Had to take all the legs off the furniture. Couldn't go through the door. All kind of stuff. Brother Brian, you was in on that too. Yeah, that's where you get the blessing. I've done, that's not telling how many times I've been. I'm like, what did I volunteer for this for? Y'all have been there? I have. But that's where the blessing is. Opening yourself up. I'm trusting that man. And you know, in turn, I'm trusting him. And I choose to trust him and him and him and you and you. That's a, that's a much better feeling than distrust. And I trust you and I trust you. Hallelujah. It's a good feeling. It frees me up. It delivers me from distrust. Hallelujah. And all those things that hinder us. And Listen, there's a whole bunch of us that want to do the right thing. Some of you are trying to make a decision right now. We're about to break out around here. Amen. It's going to stir our neighbors. Our kids are going to say, what in the world happened to you? If you've got a spouse that's not in church, amen, they're going to like, what in the world? But you know what? Down inside they know, like, you know, it's something supernatural, it's something spiritual, amen. Well, that's, that's a true Holy Ghost person. You're not supposed to think like the world and look like the world and act like the world and just show up once in a while for church. You live for God every day and folks are going to notice it. Hallelujah. I can't, I can't find a stopping place, but I will. Hallelujah. Uh, for your sake, somebody's hungry around here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm ready to go in, y'all. I said, I'm ready to take the mountain. I'm ready to take the city. I'm ready to shout. I'm ready to talk in tongues some more. I'm ready to stand on the word of the Lord. I'm ready to claim, amen, the promises of God. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Woo. I'm wondering what God really has in mind for us. Just to slip by and ease by. No, 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 no. No. God wants to give us this land. He said, I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do for you. Moses, he said, 
when you get in that land, he said, you're going to drink out of wells that you didn't have to dig. You're going to eat from vineyards that you didn't have to plant. You didn't plant those vineyards. Amen. The heathen plant. You know what? I, I, I like to bring that right over. You know, we drive by and we see these beautiful edifices, you know, for some, some God or somebody's church. I don't know. You know, and I'm, like, I'm thinking, I don't want to take anybody's church. I don't do anything illegal or anything. But I'm thinking, you know what? Who knows what God might do? Amen. And say, so, you know what? Here's your building right here. Do you know in California? Do you know in California? Huge churches, edifices built. Uh, I, I, I forget which, you know, it, it's big old churches that, you know, the big refrigerators that they got, you know, with the stained glass in them, that their congregations is, is dwindling away. And we've got UPC preachers, Pentecostal preachers, who are being given huge, beautiful cathedrals and say, it's yours, you can have it, move your congregation in it. That's what that's talking about. You're going to eat a vineyard. You're going to eat grapes from vineyard. You didn't have to sweat and toil over. That's what God can do. That's what God can do. Let's expand our thinking. Our vision is a little bigger than what it is right now. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Amen. No telling. Some of y'all start thinking and dreaming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you right now. Amen. I'm just releasing a spirit. Amen. Dreamers by day. Hallelujah. Daydreamers in the name of the Lord. It could be better. It could be bigger. Amen. Hallelujah. There could be more people here. Amen. We could outgrow this place before you know it. That's how you got to think. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Touch us, God. Lay your hand on us. Thank you for that. Thank you for speaking to us today. Hallelujah. Thank you for forgiveness, God. Amen. Thank you for loving us, God. And we thank you for keeping us. Amen. With your power and your strength. We expect revival. Amen. Individual revival. We expect revival from neighbors. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's give him thanks. Let's give him thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Shake hands. If unless you want to come to the altar, that'd be all right. But if you want to shake hands and be friendly with each other, I'm going to let you out of here. Hallelujah. Love every one of you. Don't forget Wednesday night's church training. If you're not going to school or you're not at work somewhere, I'll see you Wednesday night. God bless you.